Isaiah chapter 60, verses 1 through 3. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth, and thick darkness the peoples. But the Lord will arise upon you, and his glory will be seen upon you. And nations shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising. Lord, thank you so much for these words and the promise that it speaks to all of our hearts. And I pray that, Lord, you would uh, guide us and show us what you want from us. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Okay, speaking of what's going on, there's been a lot of talk lately about the division in America, and, and I'm sure that all of you have sensed that to some degree. I mean, you, you sense it on Facebook and, and all the social media things, and you see it in the news. They talk about the division, and, and many friendships have probably been lost in the last several months, people unfriending each other because of those kinds of things, and it, it skews the way we start to look at each other, and by the way, probably how people look at you, you know, and, 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 you know, some people may now see you as a, as a loser or a jerk or in uninformed or ignorant or, you know, all kinds of things. Uh, old word was deplorable. I don't know what the current word is, but, and we have to be careful that we don't deserve that, that we don't deserve those words like you're a jerk. That we haven't actually, I remember Andrew, speaking of Andrew, Andrew said many, many years ago in this church, he said, we are responsible for the impression that we give. We're, in, we're responsible for the impression that we give. So I wonder right now how people see us. How does the world see us? How do we, how do we come across? And maybe the bigger question is, how are we supposed to come across to other people? How, let me add one more trick question, and I'm going to deal with this question later on in the message. One more trick question. Here's the question. Does the world see you at all? Does the world see you at all? Let me go back to a previous question, though. How are we supposed to come across? What does God want the world to see when the world looks at us? We don't have to guess at that because the Bible tells us very clearly it was the very first thing that God said about man at all. When God was creating, all of a sudden, he focused in on man and said his first words, first words God ever spoke about man was, let us make man in our image. Those were God's first words about man. The Bible tells us that we are made in God's image. We are image bearers which means we are to reflect God. We are to reflect God. We're to reflect God to our world and to other people. We're like a mirror reflecting His image. Now, we kind of do this passively to some degree. We, God's image is always in us, and, and it may be obscure. It may be, it may be almost hidden, but the image of God doesn't leave us. And to borrow words from Paul, Paul talks about through a glass darkly. So sometimes the image of God is, is difficult to see from us, through us. 
Other people have a hard time seeing the image of God. But the Bible tells us that even unbelievers reflect a shadow of God's image. There's some, there's some vestige of God's image even in unbelievers, even in atheists. There's some trace of God's image there because we're all made in God's image. By the way, that God's intention was that we reflect Him when He made us in His image and after His likeness. He didn't make us in, in His image and after His likeness to sort of be like Him, to to be have a hard time finding God's image. God, in His original intention was for man to reflect God fully and purely and without hindrance. There's been some conjecture, and I remember this from my early days of kind of delving into theology my 20s, early 20s, I remember this conjecture that Adam and Eve were clothed with the light of the glory of God before sin. Now, there's no verse that actually says that. Some theologians believe that, uh, mainly because when sin came in, all of a sudden they saw that they were naked. So why, why didn't they say that before? It could have just been a you know, spiritual thing, a psychological thing. It could have been a light. Who knows? But it's just conjecture. But regardless of the truth of this, I have often wondered what the first couple looked like in their sinless and untainted, reflected image of God. What that looked like. Because the reason why we don't reflect God's image purely and and without hindrance is because there's sin and there's, there's the curse. But it had to be glorious. The first man and woman had to be glorious somehow. David hints at this in Psalms chapter 8 when he's looking at the heavens then he then he looks at man he said God what are you what is man that you're mindful of him and then he says this line this is the line from Psalm chapter 8 he said you have crowned him with glory you've crowned man with glory whether you believe it or not being made an image and likeness of God you're crowned with glory there's supposed to be glory on you remember the first verse i read Arise, shine, for your light is coming. The glory of the Lord has risen upon you. And people will come to the light of that shining. And so you were created for that. First Corinthians, Paul says it this way. He calls us the image and glory of God. He calls you and me the image and glory of God. By the way, has anybody ever accused you of that? I see glory on you. <laughs> has anybody ever said that about you? Oh, you're so glorious. But that's what the Bible says, that God has made us in His image and and, and after His likeness, and there's supposed to be the glory of God on us. Arise, shine. Shine. For your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. That's what God wants from you, and that's what His intention is for you. So it begs the question, should people see God's glory reflected in us? Should people see God's glory reflected in us? I believe so. I believe the the Bible definitely teaches that that's our future status at least. In Romans chapter 8, verse 18, it says, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed in us. Now here's my, my opinion, my take on this. That's talking about an eventual future glory, but that, that eventual future glory begins here and now. God begins to take and transform and make us. He starts working on us now. It's not one of these things, of, okay, just live like you want to live and be, be who you want to be and just, you know, be 
dirty and tainted and obscure and stuff like that. I'll get to the glory stuff in the future when I transform you in heaven. It's not, that's not what's happening here. God begins to transform us now. Arise, shine, for your light is come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. That God wants that to be in the here and now. So there should be and could be glimpses of glory in our lives right now. It's what God wants and it's what he made us for. But we don't often see that because sin muddies glory. Have you ever had so much mud on your, your like lights on your headlights on your car that the light can't penetrate? Sin does that. It muddies. Here's what, here's what Romans chapter 3, verse 23 says. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Sin diminishes the glory. And so, by the way, when we are a jerk, for instance, the glory is hidden. When we are what the people accuse us of being, when we do deserve that, when we because we are responsible for the impression we give, when we are the, that way, it diminishes the glory of God in us, and that glory is hidden. Now, Jesus is the perfect example of the unhindered image of God in a man. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3 says this about him. Jesus is the radiance of God's glory and the exact imprint of his nature. Wow. Put your name there. Michael is the radiance of God's glory and the exact imprint of his nature because that's what God wants for every one of us. God wants us to radiate his glory. God wants us to be the imprint of his nature. So what he did with the first man. Let us make man in our image and after our likeness. So, in other words, when you saw Jesus, you saw God. I was writing that line yesterday in my notes, and I, and I, you know, that thought came to me, and I'd never thought about this before. So I'm going to throw this out to you. When you saw Jesus, you saw God. Jesus said this, by the way. He says this in John 14, 9. He says, whoever has seen me has seen the Father. And that's all fine and dandy, but what does that have to do with us? So I wondered yesterday for the first time if we could apply this to ourselves. If when Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father, does God want the same thing from us? Could we come to the place in our lives that we could say, if you've seen me, you've seen God? Now, I may be, you know, you may think I'm, I'm getting a little bit almost blasphemous here. I'm just using Scripture because this is what God wants. It's what He wanted from the original man. It's what Jesus Christ came to die and redeem and rescue us from the sin and put us as sons of God. And can we say, if you've seen me, you've seen God? Paul said something sort of like that. He said, follow me as I follow Christ. Look at me. Look at my example. Follow me. And he could only say that if he believed that he was somehow exemplifying godliness, glory. And so, how far are we away from that? How far are we away from, if you've seen me, you've seen God? If I'm supposed to be a reflection, a pure, unhindered, untainted reflection of God, 
then why not? Why not say, and by the way, God, God said this to, to Moses and Aaron. He said, when you go back to the people, he said, you will be as God to them. In other words, they will see you. You will be my representatives. And when you speak, it'll be as though I'm speaking. And they will see God in you. They will see me in you. So how far, are, again, are we away from that? And so and we need to ask the question, is the image of God just a sham? Are those just mere words that don't really mean anything? When God says we are made in His image, are those just trite words? Is it just wishful thinking on our part or some kind of pipe dream? Or did God really mean when he, what He said when He said, let us make man in our image? Is, is the man Jesus the one who shows us the way? Does God desire for us to reflect His glory to the watching world just as Jesus did? That when people see us, they see Jesus or they see God. You know, we, we don't have a hard time saying that. I want, when people see me, I want them to see Jesus. Why do we have a hard time saying I want them to see God? Because wasn't Jesus God? So let's go the next step and say I want them to see God. I want to, I want to see them, the, them to see the reflection of God. Through me. Didn't Jesus say, let your light so shine before men? That we are, that Jesus calls us the light of the world. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. We started with that. And, and, and didn't Jesus call us the light of the world? And didn't he say, let your light so shine? What is that light if it is not the reflected glory of God? I just asked, by the way, 11 questions in a row, so I'm going to give that a rest for a second. Let me talk just for a minute about an incident in Jesus' life that will help bring this into perspective, I think, for you. It's an incident that we all know very well. I want us to briefly consider the Mount of Transfiguration. The Bible tells us that's found in, in, in the Synoptic Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And the Bible tells us that Jesus was praying on the mount, uh, on a mountain. He was praying when suddenly his face and his clothes became a brilliant white light. Peter was there, and Peter talks about this later in his second book, in 2 Peter. And he says he was an eyewitness to this glory. So Peter's up there and he sees Jesus. Jesus is praying and all of a sudden Jesus begins to glow. Brilliantly glow. There's this light that's coming from him. A blinding light. Because one synoptic gospel describes it as the sun. Like he was looking into the sun. Okay? S-U-N. N-S-O-N. But Peter talks about that. And for the longest time, I'll admit, if I can go back and listen to old messages that I've preached on the Transfiguration, this was my take on this, and, I, and it's completely changed recently. I used to think that what's happening here was God was kind of peeling back the humanity of Jesus and letting us see the divinity of Jesus. That Jesus was both God and man. And they got to be a part of you know, Jesus' life as man, but now all of a sudden, God is letting Peter get a little peek that really he's God. 
too. I don't think that's what's happening here. And I'll tell you why. Because the same thing happened to Moses. And Moses is not divine. Remember Moses? was in the presence of God and his face began to shine. Here's the verse. Exodus chapter 34. When Moses came down from Mount Sinai, he was on a mountain too. Moses did not know that the skin of his face shone because he had been talking with God. What was Jesus doing? Jesus was praying. Aaron and all the people of Israel saw Moses and behold, the skin of his face shone and they were afraid to come near him. And later, Moses, every time he went to the presence of God, this happened and he had to wear a veil around everybody because they couldn't look at the glow, at the glow, glory, the glory of God in Moses' face. What's happening here? We have the glory of God revealed in two human beings. And I say that with the greatest respect and honor to the Lord Jesus Christ, but Jesus came as a man. He called himself Son of Man. And so we have two human beings, Moses and Jesus. And really it's what's happening is the glory of a human being as a bearer of God's image is coming through. It's not God saying, let me show you, here's a peak, he's really God, and then put humanity back on him. It's a human being glowing with the glory of God, being what man should be and ought to be. And that is an expression of the pure glory and majesty of God. That's why David said in Psalm 8, Psalm 8 is one of my favorite psalms, David says, when I look at all this stuff you've created, and then I look at man, I say, what is man that you're mindful of him or the son of man that you visit him, you've crowned him with glory and honor. Look at him. Look how majestic man is in his purity, untainted, unhindered. And that's what God wants from us. We are to reflect him. We are to reflect him in what we say. We are to reflect him in what we do. We are to reflect him in our countenance. We are to reflect him in who we are. Let me say a brief few words about each one of these things. First of all, we are to reflect him in what we say. Lori and I were just talking about this a couple of days ago, about things, you know, words that were, that were taboo in, when we were younger. Are, are just, I mean, there, nothing is taboo anymore. Well, there are some politically incorrect things that are taboo. But some of the worst obscenities are no longer bad anymore. And the Bible is very clear. The Bible warns us against using obscene and corrupt words. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace to the hearers thereof. The Bible says, says we are not to use obscene words. We are, to, we are told to use wholesome, edifying, and truthful words to let our yes be yes and our no be no. We are to reflect him in what we say in what comes out of our mouth. And I see, a lot of, I see a lot of words thrown around by Christians on social media that don't always reflect God. And I'm surprised. I'm really surprised that they don't reflect God. And I'm not just talking about obscene words. Just saying things. Just letting, just, it's almost like the, 
The Bible says that those who hold their lips are esteemed wise. And sometimes we just let our, we just, ugh. You know, and that's, that doesn't reflect God. God was very precise about what he said. And so we have to be careful about that. And we have to be speakers of truth, but there's no better. How about this? The best words that reflect God are God's own words. So how about using those? Using God's words. What does it say in Peter? If, if, anyone, uh, if anyone speaks, let him speak the oracles of God. If you want to speak, speak the oracles of God. Speak, uh, that's an old word, that's a King James word. I'm trying to think of a synonym. Let anyone who speaks, let him speak. Let, just say, let, let him speak the words of God, the, 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 uh, the, the promises and prophecies and so forth of God, the truth of God. So that's, that's number one. We're to reflect him in what we say. Number two, we are to reflect God in what we do. I've already talked about this. We are to let our light shine let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works. So we are to reflect God in what we do in good works and what we do. We are to be doers of the word and not just hearers. So we're to reflect God in what we do. We are to reflect him in our countenance. The Bible tells us that God revealed his glory in the face of Jesus Christ. Here's a great verse. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. And we can put our name there because God wants the same thing from our countenance, to give the, to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in your face. How can people know God? By looking into our face, looking into our eyes. If, we, if you were able, by the way, this morning, if you were able to look into God's face right now, what would you want to see? What would you want to see? If you were able, to, if God was able to open heavens and you were to look in his face right now, what would, you, what would you hope to see? Perhaps a grin? Maybe an adoring smile? Maybe a look of pride on God's part towards you? Or... How about one of compassion? Why not reflect that same face to others, what you would want to see in God's countenance, in God's face? Why not reflect that to other people? All right? So, do we reflect God? Is God's glory seen on our face? What does your face convey to others? Does it convey the glory of God or impatience? <laughs> I'm not going to go there, go any further there. Are people attracted to your countenance or want to quickly look away? I've, I've said this before. My dad had a way of looking at me. I've said before that he could spank me from across the room just by a look. I, he'd look at me and I'd just, I'd, I'd melt. But, but, but to see a grin on his face, to see a look of pride, oh man. And that's a reflection of God. To other people. So finally, we are to reflect God in who we are. We are to reflect God in who we are. I've had people excuse their behavior before with, with something like this. Well, that's just who I am. And so my response to that is sometimes you need to change who I am, who you are. Sometimes that has to change because who you are does not reflect God. And that's not an excuse. 
for being ugly or for being sinful or being a jerk. That's not an excuse. My mom used to say, and she's probably watching this, but when you get to be a certain age, you have a, you've earned your right to be crabby and stuff like that. Well, I don't know. I don't know. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18 says that all of us with unveiled faces, seeing the glory of the Lord as though reflected in a mirror, are being transformed. Hear that? Being transformed. Sometimes we need to be transformed. Sometimes we need to be transformers, don't we? Sometimes we need to be transformed into the same image. See? I'm not, I'm not just making this stuff up. We, want, we are to be transformed into the same image. That means you and me are to be transformed into his image and express that and, and let the glory of the Lord be seen in our lives and in who we are. So we need a transformation. That's why I asked that trick question earlier. That trick question that is, does the world see you at all? Should the world see you? Or should the world see God in you? That was the trick question. Does the world see me? Well, I don't know if I want the world to see me. I want, I want the world to see God. I want the world to see Jesus Christ in me. John the Baptist said this, He, he must increase and I must decrease. He must increase and I must decrease. Paul says this another way, Galatians 2.20, I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I want to wrap this up by just sharing a how-to, basically. How can we begin to reflect the glory of God? Well, if we look, to, look at the two best examples in the Bible, Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration and Moses as he went into the presence of God frequently, and both of them glowed with the presence of, with the glory of God in those, in those times, then uh, we must spend, in other words, in order to reflect the glory of God, we have to spend more time in the presence of God. All right? We must pray. They were both praying. The Bible says Moses was talking to God. Jesus was praying. We have to wait on the Lord. We have to set aside time where we can just wait in His presence. The Bible talks about that frequently. We have to meditate on His Word because we will be changed by that, the renewing of our mind. We have to worship at His footstool, not just for 30 minutes on a Sunday morning, but I mean worship at home. Worship in your car. Spend some time worshiping God in His presence, waiting on Him, talking to Him. And our time in His presence will begin to transform us. And we will go away from there a little more with a little bit more of God's glory and a little bit less of me. Amen. That's, that's what the world should see when they look at us, when they hear us. When they see our posts, they should see the glory of God reflected in us. Amen.